Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Dottie Moore on fiddle and special guest accompanist Jordan Rast on guitar. Jordan and I stopped by Dottie's apartment on our way to Ayen's birthday party jam in Brooklyn back in December. Because it was so cold, the heater kicks on a couple times during the interview, but I like to think it makes the recording sound like vinyl. Dottie didn't have any particular theme in mind, so we threw a set together last minute, which I think added a pretty fun dynamic to the music and conversation. On the spectrum between jam and performance, this episode leans jam, but it's a really hot jam, which I think is the best case scenario for Get Up In The Cool. Also, I say a cuss in this episode, so I gave it the explicit tag. Hope you don't mind. I try to keep the show clean-ish, but... uh, only a Sith deals in absolutes is the thing I heard in a bad movie one time. If you get to the end of the last tune and discover that you're a fan of the show, stick around to find out how to support Get Up in the Cool and get access to exclusive bonus content. All right, let's get started. Dottie Moore, everybody. Enjoy.
<laughs> Dottie Moore, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Oh, thank you so much, Cameron. Well, welcome to Brooklyn. We're yeah. happy to have you here, and Jordan as well. Yeah, yeah Jordan Rast on guitar. Um, I guess. Former or future guest, I don't know what order I'm going to put these episodes out. I, I put them out in all order. There's still a bunch oh, yeah. of Clifftop episodes still I'm come out, but... You have either already heard Jordan or you will in the future, but today's about uh, Dottie. Depending on how how well your time machine is working that day. Yes, yes, yeah. certainly. Um, so, uh, once again, I'm welcoming you to my show in 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 the house of my guest, um, in, in your bedroom. <laughs> uh, thanks for having us here. Uh, when we uh, got here, uh, there was a little bit of an altercation with <laughs> about noise i guess that's a pretty standard uh, situation for Some, brooklyn uh, new apartments new yorkers new yorkers don't like uh old time Ugh. but you know what that's okay <laughs> it's a melting pot now if you had re- you were blasting reggaeton it could it could be it could be worse <laughs> i could be playing i mean i could be playing bluegrass banjo oh yeah uh, honestly my neighbors don't know how good they have it right yeah. with, with with open back banjo, they're yeah. just they're they're actually kind of lucky. So I think, yeah, yeah. they should be happy. Yeah. <laughs> but when you bring uh, concertina, concertina players over for I Thanksgiving, think that's, that's what that's what put them over the edge was the concertina. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, Jody. <laughs> we love you, and we love your instrument. But now I but know it's just us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep the banjo where it belongs, out on the street. Yeah. You know? So um, thank you for coming to yeah. Brooklyn, Cameron and Jordan. It's yeah. it's great to have you here. Yeah, really good. Uh, I was just I was just saying to you earlier, like I've never uh, we never really talk. I barely know anything about you. I know a lot about you implicitly through our music playing. That's that's how I prefer it to know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm probably going to ask you a bunch of questions for the first time. Uh, so like, well, you got my name, yeah. so that's a good first start. Dottie Moore. Dottie Moore. <laughs> um, how, how did you start playing old time music? And then maybe music in general, are those the same story? Different stories? They're, they're different stories. Take us on the Dottie Moore old time journey, um, please. Well, I was very lucky to, to study Suzuki violin, um, mm, I, which me is. Too. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> I call myself a Suzuki refugee now, but oh, interesting. You know, it's all taught by ear. At least in the first in the first few years, you learn by ear. So that really set me up in a very good way for learning old time. Um, so I did that for quite a while, and then in college. Wait, wait what do you mean Suzuki refugee? I haven't heard. Do people, <laughs> other people, use this term? Well, I, I happen to know of a couple other people in the old time world. I won't name any names. Okay. But several of them studied Suzuki violin and then came yeah. to old time. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. I got, oh, okay. You're, you're saying that because I would imagine that Suzuki style would help people with old time more what so I'm, than classical. Yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is that we're, we we learned classical music for quite a while. Yes. And then we kind of gave that up in favor of yes. old time yeah. dance music. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. So I am available to play Mozart for weddings. Yes. And funerals. Yeah. But not for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... No, this is uh, what Brooklyn says. Yeah, we're like. in Brooklyn. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't, well, don't worry about it. Welcome to New York. Yeah. So... Uh, in, in college, I was a biology major, but I liked to study in the music library because the music library was a beautiful old building. So one day I'm studying my biology textbook, and I 
hear this music down the hall. And I I said, what is that? So I walked down the hall and I see a fiddle and a banjo. And I said, I don't know what that is, but I have to learn it. So it was Jeff Titan, who's an ethnomusicologist who collected Kentucky tunes. Yes, I've heard his name. I think you've had other folks on your... On your show, we're familiar with his book and his work. Yeah, he's, he's, I think his name's gotten brought up a couple times, yeah. Yeah, so he was really my first old-time teacher. He taught me a lot about bowing, and he introduced me to a bunch of tunes, which Devil Ate the Groundhog was one of them. Yes. Yeah, that was one of the first old-time tunes I learned. So did you learn that from him in person? Well, basically, he would give us uh, kind of a mixtape of recordings. Okay, very good. And say, you Is know, he in this area? Uh, he is up, well, he was up in Providence, Rhode Island, okay. so I'm not sure where he is now, but... Um, well, how did you meet him? At school. So he, okay, this is really yeah. funny. <laughs> so I went to Brown, and you would think we would take, like, basket weaving and things like that, but, so I took old-time string band music class for credit for two yeah. semesters, so... Oh, my goodness. That was my introduction what? to old-time, I confess. <laughs> I didn't even know that was I think, an, I think an I got option. an A. I, I'm, I think I pr- did pretty well. <laughs> Helped my GPA. <laughs> so he was my first old-time teacher. Really wonderful. And uh, after that, I came to New York, and yeah. I started going to Ashokan camp. Yes. And, but in the early 2000s, there was really a very nice old-time scene in New York. So I met a bunch of people at Freddy's Bar, which is has since moved but there were old time jams there every month and i just got to know people so uh folks like reese jones who lived in in the area in the 2000s he was a big influence on my playing and especially um the way he and christina wheeler and other folks used to do twin fiddling and harmony Mm -hmm. that was a huge influence on my playing and i also got to meet some folks who had played in like the Greenwich Village, Washington Square Park music scene in the 60s and yeah, 70s. Yeah. So folks like Mark Horowitz and Bob right, Jones, right. <laughs> um, they were also, they've also been an influence. Uh, so my playing is, has been somewhat shaped by folks who have just come through New York at various times. Very good. So do you listen to like a lot of source recordings or is a lot of your input from like people in person? Well, a lot is from in person. Um, my two, I mean, my, my main sources have been Tommy Jarrell yes. and Benton Flippin yeah. and, and their descendants, so to sure, speak. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. But a, a lot of it has been from modern players, for yeah. sure. I, can't, I cannot say that I'm, I'm authentic in any particular way. I'm just a very good imitator. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love. I, I'm always interested, like, if you to get people who say that they're influenced by one person or another one, and then to, I want to get those influences in a room listening to the music and be able to be like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm always always curious about you know, like that would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how? Yeah. How influencers in in any genre or any medium, like how they, how they feel about. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be so (laughs) awesome. Yeah. If you played like our session for Reese Jones. Yes. And then had him play. Yeah. I'm going to be down with that. (sighs) Reese Jones, his name comes up a lot and I, I'm not very familiar with his music. Does he have a big, big beard? Now he does. He has a big beard. And does he rollerblade? (laughs) 
I can neither confirm nor de- deny that statement. <laughs> okay, because I think, I think I met a Reese who rollerblades, and that was my first impression of him. Still haven't heard his fiddling. I hear about his fiddling a lot, but all I've seen is his rollerblading. I can vouch for his fiddling. I can't vouch for his rollerblading. He seemed like he knew what he was doing. Do you think I, he can fiddle and rollerblade at the same time? I certainly hope so. <laughs> that might be a first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear next year there's going to be a prize for that at Clifftop, so. <laughs> I wonder how many entrants we'll get. No, Reese, uh, I know he he's played a lot of Midwestern tunes, so mm. I've learned a bunch of uh, Midwestern tunes from him. And he he was in Chicago at the folk school for a yeah. long time. And Very good. We just played a tune for on, on your episode, Jordan. About yeah. What, well, you didn't know the name of and it. And I didn't know the name. John Summers. So, do you know who John Summers is? I'm sorry, I don't. That's fine. <laughs> the mystery lives on. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to track down this tune name that Jordan learned from Reese, and Reese didn't know the name of the tune. He played it in, like, the fiddle finals at at Clifftop, and it was, like, his second tune. He's like, this is John Summers' tune, but I don't know what it's called. And they played it. Yeah. And that we don't know what it's called. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll track it down. Yeah, once I put that episode up. Well, yeah. you just call it, you know, John Summers John number Summer. four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's usually how it works. So. Right. Okay. Let's uh, let's play this wa- Walking in My Sleep. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah, let's uh, do a spot check tune real quick. Everyone tune to the banjo. I'm pretty close. I was just thinking, Please. maybe someday you'll have a line of branded tuners, Cameron. And oh. I will buy one, and we can all be tuned to you. Yeah. How awesome would that be? <laughs> It'd be just like a few hertz lower. Yeah. Or higher. <laughs> There'll just be a little app on your phone that'll just go. It's coming any yeah. day now, 2018. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm always staggered by like the amount of time that people say, hey, can I get a note from you? I'm like, I'm the banjo player. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Sleep, walking in my sleep, up and down 
I, I went into the hallway. I said hi to my mom. Yeah. And I went back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You ever walk during? Pretty uneventful. I, I used to have like those night terrors yeah. when I was like 12. No, no, it's like a normal thing. It's 
And I would like walk around my room and be like, ah, 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 and freak out. And then, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you've grown out of that. Yeah. yeah. I definitely like, I still wake up and like just straight up hallucinate stuff. I don't think I'm asleep necessarily, but I talk in my sleep a lot. Yeah. And uh, Becca, my wife, tells me things that, that I say. You say and anything do. interesting? Yeah. Usually, usually not. I mean, sometimes I just say stupid or funny things. But uh, one time, um, I like got up in the middle. This is right after we got married. You know, we're still figuring, figuring out <laughs> how to sleep in the same bed. And uh, we, uh, I got up in the middle of the night. I went to the restroom and I saw this like thing scurry, like uh, behind the toilet. And I was like, you know what? I I I knew at that point. I like. I imagine things all the time, like when I'm in the middle of the night, you know, and it's not uncommon for me to just straight up hallucinate stuff. And so I like went back to bed and we woke up in the morning and uh, I said, Becca, I saw the craziest thing, this like crazy bug. It looked like some sort of like Japanese animation demon, you know, like it was, I'd never seen anything like it. I probably just imagined it. And then I like looked up and I was like, actually, it's right there. And I pointed at the wall and, um, and she, you know, she didn't have her glasses on. She's just like freaking out. <laughs> and, uh, and I had never seen it before, uh, but it is a house centipede. Have you seen these? Never. Oh yeah. It. They're like this big. Yeah. Yeah. Some of, well, some of them get like that. People just, call them silverfish too. No, they're different. They're different. Is it, they look similar, but have okay. you seen house centipede before? I haven't. I, somehow I didn't see one for 21 years, but they're like, they, uh, they're the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Uh, you know, bugs are freaky looking, but these are, these are, they're insectivores and they have like, um, they look like. <laughs> That's a great crossword puzzle word, by the way. Yep. <laughs> Go on. Insectivore. <laughs> Insectivore. Uh, they have, uh. Uh, long front and back legs. So I think it's like an evolutionary trait. So it looks, you can't tell if they're coming or going. And they like have venom in their, like, in their, uh, in their oh. legs. And that's how, and they hunt bugs. So they're kind of good for you because they hunt bugs and yeah. stuff. But they're just totally horrifying Sounds looking. Terrifying. Yeah, oh they're, my God. they're awful. And I, you know, the first time I saw one was in the middle of the night. So I wonder if that's what Tommy Jarrell had in mind. <laughs> you should write an old time. Tune. Is this a Tommy Jarrell tune? Walking in my sleep? I, ha- I play a Tommy Gerald version. Okay, very good. Now, when you when we were choosing tunes, you said, "Is this tune too cheesy?" And I'm wondering, what is your? Because I I love cheesy tunes, and people have like feelings about cheesy tunes or chestnuts or standards and stuff. Like when you're when you call a tune, do you ever feel self conscious when you're like? I do, but sometimes people like yeah the, the top forty. So I would say most of the time people really do. Do you I, have any like guilty pleasures? It depends on the audience. <laughs> well, I love Lost Indian. That's yes. Um, I love Jimmy Sutton. All of these have been covered. Yeah. But I still love them. Yeah. And there's a reason why they're popular. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Spotted Pony. I love Spotted Pony. I love Spotted Pony. <laughs> that, that, you're I'm a little tired. Face you're tired of Spotted, Spotted Pony. Pony. <laughs> you know, you got to give us some you time know, to breathe. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Uh, I heard 
when I listened to Benton Flip and do 8th of January, uh-huh. that was really a turning point for me because he just kicks ass on that tune. Yeah, yeah. And you can do an old chestnut and really make it rockin'. So I think it's all depends on your attitude. Have you heard David Bass play Cluck Old Hand? I have not, but I'm <laughs> oh sure it's God. wonderful. <laughs> I didn't recognize it when he played it, yeah. But it was like, oh, that is that is Cluck Old Hand, isn't it? That's how it's supposed to be. Yep. Uh, was, was that on a previous episode? No, he didn't. Well, he was on the show, but he didn't play. He didn't play that one. Anything David Bass plays, yeah, yeah. he could play the phone book, and I'm sure it would sound great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one is well, Ron Buchanan on his on his episode, he played um, a version of Spotted Pony that's really really cool, and I don't think it's like, I think it's just a mis a folk process misremembrance of Spotted Pony. I think that's what he said, but it's really, really good, and it's really interesting. Whatever it takes. And then he's doing his Ron Boeing, mm-hmm. you know, and so, like, I hope some people pick that one up to yep. revive that tune a little bit. That's what it needs, so just yeah. a little resuscitation. Yeah. CPR. Uh, let's, uh, let's tune to A real quick. Let's play some A tunes. Sounds good. Yeah. Do you want to tell us where this tune, where you got it from? Oh, I was going to ask you, where did you learn this tune, Daddy? <laughs> going to the Free State, I learned it from this terrific banjo player. His name is Cameron DeWitt. You may have heard of him. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate it. You're one of the few people who braves learning a tune from a banjo player. And uh, I always want to call tunes and teach tunes. Uh, but usually I have to find other fiddlers and I'll, I'll call a tune and then make them start it. <laughs> you know? But uh, every once in a while, a brave fiddler comes along. He's willing to learn from I, from the climber. I love learning from banjo players. Well, I feel like it's a little I more, appreciate it. more pure. I don't know where this tune's from. Uh, for me, it's from Chris Dalnadar, who's a young Philly fiddler. I don't know where he got it from. I know it's a traditional one. But I don't know the name, so open open call. Someone tell me where this tune's from. But it's it's a real hoot.
<sighs> That's a great tune. Gone to the Free State. It's uh, very celebratory and uh, appropriately so for the title. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I like the four chord. Yeah, I'm no, a- that's that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I am a fan of the four chord. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're gonna do this this blackest crow. You like to sing the Tim O'Brien, Tim O'Brien version? I or? do. Yeah. Tim uh, Tim O'Brien was a big influence, and I've copied many a tune from mm-hmm. him. He's really a, an amazing singer and guitar player, mandolin, fiddle, yeah. just everything. You know, if he were a, a, an athlete, he would be playing football and baseball and basketball yes, yes. all in the same season. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yep. That's a good comparison. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone out there who's not a musician, if you need a sports analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, when I'm teaching kids, I try to use sports analogies all the time, and often they're just like, huh? Just like you know, sports ball. When you're playing sports ball and you want to make the touchdown points, <laughs> they're like the touch score. Mr. Cameron, no. Keep working Stop. on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it often falls short. My but, my favorite one is, do you talk to your coach like this? <laughs> That's what I say a lot. This is great. But you said you know a you have a Tommy Jarrell version of Blackest Crow. Well, that's the thing. I've, he doesn't sing the Blackest Crow verse. He just sings, "As Time Draws Near" and uh, the second and the second verse. Mm-hmm. He doesn't sing that last one. At least not in the recording I heard. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Blackest Crow is like that's the best verse. The third verse is the best verse. Yeah, it's the only verse I know. Yeah. So I'll just like play that on the straight, but I'll just repeat the third verse yeah. <laughs> again at the end. It's just like one of those things. It's good enough, so I've never like tried to learn more of it. Yeah. Well, now is your chance. Yeah. Yeah. Now is my chance. Thanks, Dottie.
blackest crow that ever flew would surely turn to white if ever I prove false to you bright day will turn to night bright day Ah, it's a pretty song. Love that song. Good times. Well, well All sung, right. Donnie. Oh, well nice sung. harmony. Very nice harmony. <laughs> mm. It's very sweet. Yeah, I was saying as we were preparing this that uh, it's it's very it's very seldom that it that this song ever sounds good at a jam because everyone has different versions. <laughs> every every preposition and article is different. All the important words are the same: yeah. breast, glass, time. Draws, mm-hmm. black crow, black all crow. those are the same, but every other word is different. Yeah, well, it's fortunate that we diagrammed all the sentences beforehand. Yeah, so very good. That really made the difference. <laughs> Especially if you learn, like I learned from the Tommy Gerald version, so he sings, As time draws near, my dearest dear, when you and I must part, what little you know of the grief and woe, or I think he's grace and woe of my, and then. Uh, and I just suffer for your sake. Believe me when I say it's every everything is switched around. Some of it's the same, some of it's different. Anyway, do we know who wrote this song? It sounds like it's like a it's British just, Isles song or something. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a good one. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Keep that one going. <laughs> I'm sure someone out there in internet land yeah knows the exact source and they will tell us. Yeah. Yes, we're a uh, Getting a pretty good uh, uh, nerd base in our listenership. People writing in and uh, doing fact old time fact checking, yes. <laughs> and I thoroughly support that. <laughs> yes, old time fact checking. Yeah. I love it. That's great. Yeah, people getting on Mudcat, <laughs> looking it up, and yeah, Mudcat. <laughs> yeah, Mudcat.org. Is it a dot org? That's it's. Uh, it's just got like a database of like old time lyrics and versions and stuff like that. You gotta check that out. You gotta get your Slippery Hill. Gotta get your Mudcat. You, Dr. Fiddle is back up. Okay. Uh, you guys know Dr. Fiddle? I've never seen Dr. Yeah. Fiddle. That sounds awesome. Well, though. I mean, here's what happened. This is a, a bit of a self-congratulatory um, story. But uh, on Bach Bowie's episode, uh, I, I was telling him about there's a brown-skinned girl down the road somewhere and how I learned it from the transcription by Dr. Fiddle. And then... I looked it. I looked it up again, and it was gone. Zero internet presence of Doctor Fiddle, and he had all these great transcriptions, especially all these Eck Robertson tunes. Um, and anyway, so what happened? So what happened is 
a listener of Get Up in the Cool who to this day remains anonymous, um, who was also a webmaster or something or had resources uh, for hosting, uh, contacted Dr. Fiddle and now it's back up. And then Dr. Fiddle like uh, contacted me and he's like, hey, thanks for for saying something. Do we know who he is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dr. Fiddle's not anonymous. He's... Okay. Oh, I can't remember. I think he might be in Texas or Arizona or something. Okay. He's a uh, Southwest or South Central or something. Okay. But he, I think he might be like a professor. Okay. At you know teaches teaches old time fiddle and stuff. But yeah. So whoever did that, I already gave you the thanks on the show. But <laughs> keep keep making stuff happen. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, you can you can. The uh, old-time community is fiercely loyal, small but loyal. Is he an MD or a PhD, Dr. Fiddle? I think he's Dr. Fiddle, Dr. Fiddle PhD. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's not funny. MD. I think he's an ethnomusicologist, yeah. <laughs> he heals people. With yeah. His, that would be an MD. With him, yeah. So, I don't know. Well, should we do George Booker? Yeah, let's do... You know... I think we have enough time that we should fit in another A tune. You want to, before we do George Booker, I think we should do a surprise A tune. What's the first one pops to your head? It's not a lot of popping going on in my head. That's fine. But I mean, I do love Policeman. Let's play, we were talking about doing that. Let's do that. And this is just like the standard one, like the police got made it up this morning. You got it. Yeah. Cool. Shot him in the head. Shot him in the head this morning. (laughs) I'm assuming we're going to do the, uh, the, FTP version of this, yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know that version, but uh, feel free to sing along. Yeah. Wait, what? FTP, oh. fuck the police. Oh. <laughs> 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 Still sounds the same, though. Yeah. Um, ever, I, ever more relevant to this yeah, song. Given this song. Yeah. That is right. Yeah, no, I heard, I, I know it is, and I didn't want to go this morning, but I'm, I'm seeing the connection. Uh, and I didn't want to go shot him in the head with my 44. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never really made that connection before. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, not to get, like, I mean, I get political on the show a lot, but, like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny how people, you know, have issues with the, you know, calls out against police violence, but old country music, old white people country music is full of violence yeah. against, <laughs> full of crime and like, and and violence against police and stuff and it's like all over the place yeah. and then the moment someone, you know, calls it out uh, when it's, you know, racially specific, you know, it, people get all upset but this is, uh, times have changed. Times huh? have, well, they yeah, they, ha- they have, at least the of. way we talk about things, yeah. But I like this tune. I think it's very relevant. Shot him in the head with my 44 this morning. 
line on the log this morning. Great big fella line on the log this morning. Great big fella line on the log. Finger on his trigger and his eye on the hog this morning. always heard it on Dirk Pals. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Virtual high five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good good call, Dottie. It's <laughs> a real good one. <sighs> well, um thanks so much for uh Oh, it's it is my pleasure. Yeah. It's my pleasure to play with you guys. Yeah. It's really fun. Awesome too. job. You have a very soothing voice too. That's true. I really, that is true. Thoughtful and soothing. I, thoughtful, I appreciate thoughtful that. And I feel like when I did this podcast, I was just like like that, and you're like well thought out speaking. It's great. I like to have a diverse set of <laughs> voice types on my, on my show. Yeah, most stations like gravelly old men. So, yeah. <laughs> so um. How about George Booker? Yeah, let's play what this George say? Booker. I got this from Highwoods. I stole it from Highwoods. So it is a favorite. Thanks, Highwoods. The Highwoods String Band, Walt Hogan. Uh, cool. 
Yeah, do you, I have a lot do you to know, learn. Do you know Claire and Walt? They're local. I mean, they're in uh, West Westchester, or like okay. at least that's where um, their like Brandywine Festival is. Okay, you've been to that one? No, but I think my dad talked about them. So they're I, they're a big deal. We should introduce you. Yeah, okay. they're they're awesome. Yeah. Shout out to the Brandywine Revival. Yes. Mark your calendar next summer, July. Uh, sorry, June of 2017. Yeah. Usually around Father's Day. Okay. It's it's a really good one. Um, is it down like where they grow all the mushrooms? Not like not, like regular <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> I think like Kennedy Square. Isn't yeah, it? around there. Isn't I don't like know where Kennedy Square is. People talk area. about Pennsylvania uh, towns all the time. I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> Pennsylvania. It's like yeah. a little south of Westchester. But. Brandywine, everyone should go. Walt and Claire are fantastic musicians, and they're uh, they're super funny. Yeah. <laughs> One time, uh, what did I say? I, I was at either that or another party, and no, it was their it was their contest at Brandywine this year, and um, the whole idea of the contest at the Brandywine is you're supposed to bribe the, the judges, <laughs> and uh, they came to a jam where I was at and they're like, Do you, are you guys going to compete in the contest? And, uh, and I said, well, I didn't bring any bribes. <laughs> and, and Claire said, uh, <laughs> Claire said, well, you could use your body. <laughs> and that pretty much sums up like, <laughs> her whole, her whole deal. <laughs> Uh, sorry, that was a big diversion. I was trying to have an uh, eloquent goodbye and thanks to you, Donnie, and I just wanted to tell us. Anytime. Uh, thank you so much. Let's play this George Booger Highwood String Band. Absolutely. Yeah.
you want to hear more of Dottie's music, you can follow her on SoundCloud. Just go to soundcloud.com slash fiddlebot and subscribe. If you want to hear more of our jam, we recorded Can You Dance a Tobacco Hill for this week's bonus track. Dottie sings all the words at an impressive speed. Then afterwards, she slows down the lyrics to a comprehensible tempo, which turns into a bit of radio theater. She shows off her full, dramatic range. It's very moving. You don't want to miss it. If you want to hear that bonus track, get a shout out on air, download the tunes for every episode, or just let me know that you like the show and want me to keep making it, sign up to help pay for Get Up in the Cool on Patreon. The show costs money to make, and listener contributions fund my trips to record guests, recording equipment, and web hosting, among other things. I have a kid, and my wife is in grad school, so I can't really afford to have an expensive hobby right now, as much as I'd like to. Get Up in the Cool Patreon supporters make this show practical and possible. Oh, and my computer broke last week. That's why there wasn't an episode. Super sorry about that. Uh, But if I was funding the show by myself, it would still be broken, and this episode wouldn't be out yet. So thank you so much to all my Patreon supporters. Uh, But mostly, uh, my supporters on Patreon motivate me to keep the show running smoothly. Each episode takes about five to six hours on average to complete, and it would be easy for me to get lazy and let the show just fizzle out. But with all my backers expecting new content every week, I have a regular reminder that this isn't just another one of my whimsical projects that I can toss aside the moment it gets even the slightest bit tiring. Thanks to Maggie McAman for supporting the show on Patreon. I hope I said your name right. She signed up at the weekly bonus track level, which means she has over 30 bonus tracks to either binge or comb through at her leisure. Some of the best tunes recorded for Get Up In The Cool are on that bonus track blog, and it is secret. You can only get to it uh, if someone betrays me (laughs) or uh, if you sign up to support um, Get Up In The Cool on Patreon at that level. So Maggie, enjoy, and thank you so much. That's going to do it for this week. Make sure to like and follow the show on Facebook to get all the links to my guests' albums and tour dates and other projects. And I'll see you next week for more Get Up In The Cool.